You're listening to Purpose Scaping, a podcast to help high achievers like you get to know yourself deeply, find meaning and fulfillment, and go from doing what you can do to doing what you were born to do. I'm your host, Amanda Miller Littlejohn, and here I'll be sharing personal brand insights to help you explore your depth and substance over the superficiality of being seen. If you followed a prescribed path, feel like you've done everything right, yet are still in search of yourself, join me as I share my tools to help you clear a path to your purpose. I consider it one of the great fortunes of my life to still have my 90-year-old grandmother. She has been a kindred spirit since my childhood when I would spend summers with her at her home in southeastern Georgia. While I didn't know it then, I was unwittingly soaking up a way of life and understanding of nature that underlies the purpose-scaping philosophy. While many of the ideas I've stumbled upon in recent years seemed novel to me upon discovery, I realize now they're actually principles the farmers and educators in my family have lived by for generations. I had the fortune and honor then to interview my grandmother in person at her home in the fall of 2019. As I was starting to put scaffolding around the purpose-scaping framework, I wanted to hear directly from her how the concept of self-actualization through the seasons directly corresponded to the seasonal activities she remembered from farming. I believe nature holds all the answers we seek if we're open enough to see how she speaks to us. In this short series of episodes, you'll hear a breakdown of the four seasons in my grandmother's words and my own interpretation of how farming or cultivation of any kind is a vivid metaphor for clearing a pathway to your purpose. Let's begin. I have had the honor and privilege of getting the opportunity to chat with my very own grandmother, Etheldra K. Miller, about her life in the American South. Now, my grandmother, was married to a farmer slash educator slash electrician slash genius. <laughs> and she gave birth to three geniuses. And one of those geniuses helped make me. But she also grew up on a farm in Alabama. And so the idea of farming and the processes and patterns that we see in agriculture, while I thought I was being so clever by noticing them for myself, apparently uh, they were born into me and they are in my DNA. So I I'm so excited to get the chance to sit down with my grandmother and ask her about the different things that are happening at any given point of the year as it relates to farming. And my hope is that as you listen to her share, um, her memories and her experiences of both growing up on a farm and being married to someone who's farming and just being a part of farming and agriculture as a way of life, 
and you hear my analogies and the comparisons that I make to what we experience as we are setting out to explore and deepen our work and our purpose, you will see some of the similarities and be able to use these patterns as you work on your purpose in your own life. So welcome, Granny. I'm so honored to be sitting here with you. And I would love for us to first talk about the initial season that you wanted to start with. You said we were starting with spring. So tell us about what would be happening from your perspective on a farm here in the agricultural south during the spring. Well, first of all, I love spring. I was born in the spring and I just love it. It's my favorite season of the year. And during um, this time of year in southeastern Alabama, along with southeastern Georgia, or my father and my husband would begin preparing the soil or by plowing and getting the rows and the fields all set up for planting. And they would have to do uh, some fertilization. So that was placed in the hoppers, which I love to do that. And Why did you love to do that? It was just a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. And then I could hop back on. It was air-conditioned, and we had stereo in the tractor, so I would (laughs) hop out of the tractor and and fill the hoppers up, and then I'd jump back in the tractor, and I could stretch out and work a puzzle, read a book, and watch the trees budding. And that was just, it's just my time of year. So spring is your favorite time of year, and you were born in March, March 29th, Um, and so you said they would be filling the, can you explain what a hopper is, Granny? You have to understand, we we don't have the vocabulary. It is just a container on, you know, that's attached to your plow. And uh, it holds fertilizer. You have some that will hold seeds. It depends on what you are preparing to plant. And the first thing that we planted each year was corn. Why? Because we wanted this corn to, uh, to be ready for harvesting by the latter part of March. So sometimes, depending on the weather, we would begin planting during the month of February. And then we would be... Uh, the first ones to have uh, produce corn for market and corn for us. So you'd plant the corn in the spring, and after you kind of, well, you, before you even plant it, you, you were talking about preparing the ground with fertilizer and getting everything ready so that the ground would be, you know, excited for seeds, etc. And so about how long was that process of just preparing the ground before you put the seeds down? It depends on how much, how, you know, how much acreage that you have. Now, my father had a small farm, or my husband had a large farm for, you know, just a one-person farm, like maybe 300 acres, and so it depends. It ta- you, you realize it takes longer to prepare 300 acres than it does to prepare 100 acres. And so it just prepa- it depends on, 
your the size of your farm. Mm-hmm. Now, it's sad that today we have these uh, farms that are corp. Yes, the corporate farms, and they are thousands and thousands of acres. Naturally, you know, they have more than one or two tractors out there, and because people who farm, or there's something to do on a farm all year long. So it's a just a regular job for them. But and with my father, it was a regular job. But my husband. Or had other jobs that he did, so our farm was rather small, also compared to what we have, what's going on today. Because his farm was around 300 acres, so we could run out there and get that done, and then he could go on and do whatever else he had to do. So practically, if you have this 300-acre farm, you can start getting it prepared, and that may take that. You know, if you worked on it half a day every day, you could. You could almost have like a part-time job doing other things while you're getting it ready. Is that what you're saying? Yes, but you really wouldn't have to work on it a half day. You could take, a, say, a Saturday afternoon or maybe a half day and get that ready. Depend, and that depends also on the size of your tractor or, um, and your plows. And because we were a smaller farm... We, and I cannot give you how wide the plows, the tractor plows were, but they were the fold-up kind, so you could do like eight rows at a time of whatever you were doing. So you see, it, it, farming really depends on a lot of things, and you'd have to see what I'm talking about in order to truly understand. Well, you're painting a pretty good picture, and I think something that I heard just in your description of equipment, right? You said, you know, the length of time it takes depends on the type of plow you have, how big your tractor is. So, you know, when we think about our journeys in life, you can't necessarily compare how long it's taking you um, to how long it's taking someone else to accomplish a similar goal because we all have different equipment, right? We all are blessed with different gifts. And so... I like that as even a sub analogy of this whole farming metaphor because um, so many different things, as you said, there's so many different factors. It's really about personalization and figuring out what do you have and what is your competitive advantage and how do you bring that to this plot of ground or earth to um, make the, the best harvest for you. So spring we are preparing the ground we're plowing we're making sure there's fertilizer down then we're getting our seeds in and does that conclude the spring season on a farm no you're just beginning so what happens next (laughs) well okay in maybe a week sometimes not even a week the the seeds have germinated and they start coming up so you've got to watch and see if you you know if they whatever they need because you have weeds coming up also so now you've got to take time and keep the weeds down so they will not or use all of the fertilizer and outgrow the plant but something you said the other day I thought was so good was the same 
the same time that you're fertilizing your plants, you're also fertilizing the enemies, <laughs> right? Because they thrive off of those same nutrients that the plants you are intentionally trying to grow do. So you have to be careful. Like once growing begins, the real, like you would think, oh, I got everything planted. I'm done until harvest. Nope. The real work begins once those plants start to grow because you have to protect them. So tell us, what does that look like once once those plants start to peek through, um, what is the process of just kind of making sure they are getting off on the right foot? What does that look like? Well, and I can't really give you the the names of the types of plows that you use, but you have to change your plows and all of that, hook that to your tractor, and plow it. Well, you know, when plants are very young, you just can't go in there with the big gold plow. You'd cover it all up and kill it. So you have to take your time and use whatever plow you use for smaller plants or and plow it. And while you're doing that, you have to check and see if there are bugs, you know, attacking your plants. Because if that happens, then you've got to go and get your sprayer and start spraying. Something before, oh, you're just dropping so many gems, so many gems, I can't help but keep interrupting you because it's so good. So did you all catch that? She said that when the plants are new, you can't use the same tools that you would use on an older, more mature plant because new plants are fragile. So when you are developing something new, trying a new initiative, putting a, a new part of yourself or exposing a new part of yourself to the world, your ideas, your books, your businesses, and you're in that kind of newborn stage and you're just getting started, you are fragile. Um, and you have to be careful with how you handle the things that you're bringing to the world. They're not as sturdy necessarily as they would be later in the journey when you've had more experience and they have had more time to mature. So, well, now it's, you know, it's getting along towards summer. Mm. Uh, not one of my most favorite seasons of the year, first of all. But before we get into summer, would you say that that is the end of the spring season? So the spring is all about preparing the ground, getting the seeds down, and we have brand new plants that we are making sure they are They've come in, and we're, we're making sure no bugs are getting to them, the weeds aren't choking them out, and they're safe to begin the next phase. Is that Would that be accurate? That's, um, that's correct for this part of the South where we are farming. Perfect. Uh, and, but now you must understand that you have other crops, and basically... Um, my father planted cotton. My husband never planted cotton. But my husband planted soybeans. So you've got to start working with that so you can get them in the ground. You don't have to rush with the soybeans. Now, if you are planting uh, cotton and peanuts and things like that, then you have to start getting that in the ground so you can get that uh, up. But you also have to start... It's now time to start harvesting this corn that you have planted. And if you're going to use uh, some of the, after you get the corn from the stalk, 
the edible corn, the corn ears, then the stalks can be used to feed the animals. So you have to cut that down, get that in your silo, so you will have something for your animals to have. They like a different diet, just like we do. (laughs) (laughs) That's excellent. And I think before we move into a discovery and exploration of summer, I think it's kind of important to note that along the way you are, you're seeing this larger cycle happen on a farm, but there are these mini cycles that are happening too as the year goes on. So it's spring, one crop may just be getting planted and coming up, whereas, um, and, and it's not reached maturity, and then there are other crops that grow faster that you can harvest and then start to repurpose parts of them for other uses, right? And so it's the same thing with us. As you explore a part of yourself and put a part of yourself out into the world, you have different outcomes aside from the ultimate goal of whatever it is you set out to do, right? So if you decide, I'm going to work on a book, um, one part of that process uh, may not be the full book yet, but as you're working on the book, you discover something about your family history or about your expertise and you build your confidence. And it's like these other pieces of the puzzle are happening along the way. And so I want all of you, as you think about just the seasonal analogy that we're exploring through farming, as she just said, yes, some crops have been planted and we're waiting for them to come up, but there are others that have already reached a whole harvest cycle and um, they're being put to use for other things already. I am so grateful to my grandmother, Ethelda K. Miller of Swainsboro, Georgia, for generously sharing these gems with us. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast, rate it, like it, and share it, and talk back to me on Instagram. I'm at Purposecaping.